Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. G'day guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tuning. Thank you so much for tuning in, I think I'm trying to say. Uh, means a lot. This month's been huge, and um, I think you've been known that we're we're doing a, a really big focus on mental health this month, which is um, in the month of November, and who better to get on than these two absolute superstars in Zach Seidler, who is just an all-round legend and global psychologist of Movember, bit of a big dog. Um, he's actually a doctor, which is really, really cool. And Hunter Johnson, the man from the man cave, and just doing good things for young men. Uh, which we've heard his episode a few weeks ago. So wrapped to get these guys in and even better, um, actually flew up to Sydney and, and did this one DAF on tour, which we love. We love that. We love getting up to Sydney. It was very, very good timing. Actually had to swim up there as well on the beach. So just thought I'd let you know that. Um, yeah, this episode's sick. I'm, I'm so happy to, to sit down with these guys and always chat about everything, but they just make these conversations so easy. Um, so easy and just talking all these things that how they got into it, why they're so passionate about it, how are the best ways to you know raise awareness, which we speak about a lot, um, what their goals for November were. And um, yeah, the boys got really open of their stories um, in their lives that have impacted them massively, which I cannot, cannot thank them enough with. Um, we spoke a lot about this year and how people have grown through um, you know the COVID situations and what's happened and, and now coming out of that and what's next for, for these two guys. They give a lot of advice as well, um, advice for people that might be struggling in certain aspects and how to be really proactive rather than reactive with their mental health um, and then also advice on how to approach your friends and family um, you know to, to make sure that they're on, on top of their selves too so um, yeah as I said I never take for granted sitting down with these two guys they're, they're just absolute masters in their class and and absolutely loved it so I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did and yeah thanks so much for tuning in I, I know these this last month been a little bit different like we normally mix it up every episode but there has been that consistent theme but um yeah i really appreciate everyone um buying into it and getting around it and i think as we said this month's just such a powerful one to to ram these messages home but i'm looking forward to really setting the tone for a big 2022 with some more episodes coming and um yeah we're not going to take the foot off the pedal which is which is sick so thank you so much i will ask one more thing if you have enjoyed these episodes or just any episode or you hate the show um if you hate it maybe tune out of this part but if you do love it if you could give a review that would be unbelievable um it, it really does help the show i hate asking for for this but it does help the show so much um grow and get it into new people's ears and eyes um so yeah on itunes if you you know want to give a review or a rating or if you're listening on spotify if you follow the show it helps like ridiculously um get that into new people's uh ears that you know might be interested in the show too so thank you so much and don't forget on youtube too um we're always on there just you know if you want to look at my head um don't blame if you don't but if you do that'd be cool too love you all let's go enjoy illy 
Bye. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How do this is for meditating? It's like, I had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Gentlemen, welcome to the show in Sydney, Dylan Friends on tour. This is special. Welcome. Like one of you talk. Yeah, one of you talk. Like you talk. Just haven't seen you in person. I know. I know. No, the last time we caught up in person, we climbed the bridge. We climbed the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, yeah. as you do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was starting point. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That was I our didn't starting. Know who this dude was. Yeah. I was just like, hey man, let's <laughs> yeah. go climb. That sounds like an awesome mate date. It was like, a mate date. Yeah. It was a real mate date. We did a shave down at the top of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. We did. Yeah. We oh. we climbed it, and it was actually it was funny because it was probably the both of our like start of our. Mental health. Well, you've been a psychologist your whole life, so not your whole life. <laughs> yeah, since life. I was one. Yeah. Since you were one. It was the start of our, uh, I suppose, podcasting journey together. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, you know, Zach was there and someone's like, yeah, he's Zach. And he was really, he had this big ego. Like, he was just trying to push everyone out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just trying to push everyone out. It's a little bit awkward. <laughs> and um, I just had to say, settle down, my friend. Um, but no, this is your third time. Yeah. You're a third timer. Three time. I'm a, I'm a. This is. This is. I'm a veteran. You're a veteran. Yeah. You're a two time hunter. Two timer. A boy can dream. You'll catch you me. did. Yeah. You um. You dominated so badly. Dominated so badly. You dominated so well. Last six weeks ago that you've come back by popular demand. That's good. So would you say that's better than three times? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you're doing it because you're coming back so well. Zach's having three chances to nail it. Yeah. <laughs> He's brought us together to compete, and yeah, then, yeah. then you get a third yeah, next yeah. time. Yeah. That's so what we good. need. Oh. Masculinity more. <laughs> we more do. Yeah. <laughs> you go. There's testosterone here. I actually went for a run this morning. If you guys didn't know, check my straight. Oh, you told yeah, us three yeah, times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm actually doing a marathon. Hey boys. Um. Super special app. We've been planning this one for ages. Um, borders are open now. It's just shoulders are relaxing. I feel so fucking good mm-hmm. being back in Sydney. So happy. That's nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I'm very happiness happy being is, here. Happiness is great. It Thank is it. good. It is really good. But we've been in this, you know, chat for a while. My two uh, really good mates that I've, you know, had the pleasure of meeting and always want to do a good mental health men's chat with you guys because you guys are the Meccas? I'm going to say you're the Meccas of this. I don't know if that makes sense, but you're the Meccas. That's huge. Mecca's yeah. like yeah, quite a big thing. It's the, place, it's the place yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, you two are the Meccas of this. So, <laughs> I appreciate you both coming in and let's just chew the fat today. I'm really excited um, about it. There's some good things. And just a precursor as well, like this month, as you'd know, being very big, loyal listeners of the podcast, we have done a fair few, um, you know, mental health chats and vulnerability chats and mindfulness chats but i think especially in this time in in november it is just a special time to be able to do that um and it should be more consistent i hope that it is but today and the rest of the month i think is just that time to really nail it in i think you do a damn good job at it i think that the idea that it is ever present Mm. now Mm. you know is the fact that it was always there it was just like an undercurrent and now it's just coming out in all your podcasts every chat you have someone's talking about adversity and overcoming it or the, the dark struggles that they've had and, and dealing with vulnerability. And that's beautiful. That's where we're at. This mm. is what men are talking about mm. now. So come at us. It was really funny, Hunter. I don't, I'm not sure if you've heard the chats that Zach and I did um, a while ago. And I remember that, and this just shows, you know, vulnerability is a skill, like mm. mental, everything is a skill. I remember we did a chat, I reckon, two years ago, mm. the first one we did. 
and we I think we just mentioned the word mental health and I was sweating like yeah. just in I was sweating yeah. like just I do that to people literally but I released that and I was like people are going to fucking hate me yeah, I'm going to be the yeah, biggest yeah. loser no one's going to connect with this and it was the first one I'd really ever done about it mm. and going back and listening to it now I don't even think it would you wouldn't even notice you'd just be like that's just a normal conversation but for me that was such a pinnacle of like the change of the show being not just you know service level conversations let's actually talk about some stuff mm. so thank you anytime man. So yeah. you set up his part two of his career <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. yeah i'll expect the checks in the mail yeah definitely and well, um just on that i find it very interesting um who rises in public awareness and when so mm. like Brené Brown is kind of like the one who took vulnerability into the mainstream. Like her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability is like one of the top five most TED Talks, watch TED Talks of all time, which is just zoom out a bit. That's quite extraordinary. So of all the TED Talks there are, of all the topics, vulnerability is in the top five of all time. And it's like those, you know, those business ideas. They say like Uber wouldn't have worked 15 years ago, but mm -hmm. Uber, when it launched, you know, at that time it worked. So I think it's just fascinating that where we're up to in like our, you know, whether you call it evolution or development, that we're now at a stage where like vulnerability is awesome. It's time. It's, it's time. time for vulnerability. Mm -hmm. But then I'd be interested in your perspective on this. I'm really conscious that vulnerability can't be like the magic bullet mm -hmm. to fixing everything. Mm -hmm. Because people are like, I'm vulnerable. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, now what? Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's a time and a place as well. The idea that it should just be splayed everywhere mm. is, is is not right. It's more powerful when the time is right to be able yeah. to, to do it. But I definitely agree there that it's like you you have to have like an intention. You can't just be like, now I'm going to be vulnerable and just you have to actually mean it when, yeah. when you're talking about these things. And that's the thing as a psychologist, the idea of being in a setting and people are just like, telling you things for the very first time and you can see it and hear yeah. it and I, I could sense when we were doing that podcast that yeah. it was that was a lot for you to even just talk about the topic mm. and it's just like once you push past that then everything just becomes so much easier mm. and then it's not necessarily even vulnerability then it's just chat this is just chat now whereas if we'd done this two years ago it's like what is this this is a weird space to be in you know what sure. I mean? so it's practice it's a skill it is a skill. Mm. it is a skill and even to like Double down on that point, you know, we were chatting off air before, but uh, obviously I had a, a podcast a few weeks ago where I shared some, you know, vulnerability about my family and what we've been through the last sort of 12 months with my old man. And I, when I, you know, went into that show, um, all I was thinking about was actually just telling the story to the guys that were on the show with me. I swear to God, I didn't actually think or comprehend that anyone was going to listen to that. As in, mm. it just because that was just the biggest journey was like, get it out without bawling your eyes out. Just make sure you get out this story. And then I had this like, you know, sigh of relief and like ready to go and I was ready to be vulnerable because the time was right and I, you know, spoke to my old man about it. But the week after, when we released it, I was like the most anxious I reckon I've ever been. Mm. Like, and it wasn't. I still to this day, I think it was just because I'd shared something that I'd held in for so long. Mm. I was just like totally. And, you know, I see um, a, a psych like, a, you know, every three weeks mm. we just catch up and just talk about stuff. And I still remember going into that going like, I'm so happy I did this and I don't regret doing it, but I'm still fucked. Mm. Like I was just mm. cooked. I was just like, I don't know how to feel mm. about this. Well, yeah, there's like the vulnerability hangover. Yeah, it was a hangover. You're yeah. literally like. I regret everything. You yeah. know? Like, there is no way that is worth it. And that's when you know you hit your edge because mm. you're like you're in uncharted territories. And it's like there's no 
like if we think about all our social interactions, most of them are just testing for safety. You know, mm. that's what banter is. It's like, are we cool? Are we cool? Okay, we're good. But then when you overstep that into something that's vulnerable, you have no evidence that you're going to be okay. Mm. Like you have no evidence that people receiving that are going to be like, oh, Dylan, he's all right, but he's a bit soft now. You know, mm. like I loved the potty before, but now, but it's the ultimate, right? It's like the vulnerability gives us permission to connect and that gives like that social proof that everything's okay, I can trust you. And I think that's what the beautiful thing about the evolution of your podcast is, is it like it's mainstreaming authenticity, mm. you know, and that that's, you can't replicate authenticity, like you can't mm. and you can perform, you can try perform it, but you always walk away going, oh, that's feels icky. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and everyone gross. can read it. So I think, yeah, man, and you're just day at a time, like it's not, you're not out there trying to declare it. You're just going, this is the next piece for me to share. Oh shit! Here you go. You yeah, know, like. you just see it. <laughs> you want to you want to fight against that that natural uh, internal belief though. That is like, don't push that door open. Yeah, you know what I mean. You were like, I don't, I don't. You you're keeping it for however long in mm. inside, and your brain is just like, no one needs to know this. This yeah. doesn't need to be told. <laughs> and the fact that you open up that door and just leap, you know, that's shit frightening. You know, it's crazy it stuff. But it. It opens it up and then suddenly you're in a new room and you're like, oh, my house is much bigger than I thought it was. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely been a big one for me and, and hopefully we can get into some of your you know stories mm. in a bit. But just in terms of, you know, I thought that I'd always had connections with people that I loved and friends. But as soon as you do something like that, you realize how... Now, listen to what I'm saying here. We're not special at all. Mm. Like if, you, if we think we're the only people that are going through shit... Shut the fuck up. You, you <laughs> literally, you're not special. Everyone has shit going on in their life. Mm. And somehow I'd find comfort in telling my thing. And then someone goes, oh, this happened to me too. And you feel mm. good about it. Like, yeah. well, I do anyway. I felt I was like, oh my God. Like for so long, I thought I was only, I seriously took 28 years of age, thought I was the only person going through that. I was like, you're not, you're not special, mate. Mm. Like these things happen all the time. So anyway, I, um, I felt good. And if anyone hasn't listened to that chat, that was episode something with the um, last one. yeah the last one. that was two episodes ago with the, the imperfects that we did so in that in that chat as well I like you know gave a bit of my why into why I was interested um, in mental health and why I love this space are you too happy to talk about your why's today I think it's it's awesome to be uh, chatting mm. who wants to delve in you go first man yeah so the why now is because of the power of what I get to see through our programs yep. it's like that you know we just talked about it like Running man cave and now stuff, like if I just focus on man cave because that's kind of the heartbeat, it's like the vulnerability that you showed and then the impact on your listeners, we get to do with tens of thousands of teenage boys who for the whole lives have just been on autopilot going, you know, just got to survive. Like whatever that is I need to do to survive. And then when they just slow down enough to just take off the mask and just let a bit of the emotion out, changes the room. And... That's the why now, just because it's fucking incredible. Mm. But then personally, man, there's kind of two parts. One is um, I just I grew up and, yeah, some of the most important men in my life went through years of depression and no one talked about it. Um, and I got the impact of that on my family. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then the other side of that is, you know, and I... Yeah, my mum would be comfortable talking about this, but my mum was sexually abused when she was young and um, by, you know, a trusted family friend. And, um, 
yeah, I've just seen the impact of that on her life, on my life, my family, my siblings' lives. And it just didn't make sense to me that the systems we have to deal with, whether it's mental health or family violence, are geared around crisis management. Mm. So we wait till something goes wrong. We try fix the symptom. And then the kind of the part three was like, man, I was just a massive jock at high school. <laughs> and I just loved fucking being the alpha. But I also hated it. And like I just did a lot of things that I look back on now. It was just to fit in and just to make sure that I didn't get either paid out or kicked out of the group. And so I just did things to stay on top of the social hierarchy. And of course, I had no fucking awareness of that at the time. Mm. But I look back on that now and I'm like, far out. There are so many things that I did that were just against my value system. And, you know, I remember when I finished school, I did a year traveling and I just like was lonely for the first time. And actually the loneliness gave me a space to reflect. And I just went back and like sent Facebook messages to the kids that I like I thought it was banter, but it was definitely bullying um, over the years that I just gave a really hard time to because that's what we did at mm. school. And um, they were like, thanks, man. I'm not sure if this is a joke or if, you know, but thanks. And then I emailed all my teachers and I was like, sorry for being a little dick, like, you know. <laughs> um, and then it took a long time for my mateship group to really get that because I kind of left Sydney and then um, – Went moved to Melbourne and then just found myself. And um, that kind of began the whole journey of Man Cave for me. But, you know, a lot of my mates, um, you know, have watched that journey going, what the fuck has happened to him? Mm. Um, and, you know, now I'm just like trying to be myself amongst them and hopefully they kind of take some pieces of the puzzle and works into their life too. Huge, bro. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Really appreciate you opening up on that. I, yeah. That point just quickly on, because I wanted to touch on this later, but, about your friends. Hmm. Did you lose friends? Yeah. When you, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I reckon, you know, a, a big moment in time for me was when Bucks parties started to happen. Mm. And um, I remember um, I was best man at my one of my best mate's weddings and um, there were strippers on the boat. And uh, I was like, man, this is probably about four, three or four years ago. And I was like, I just can't with like it would feel more wrong internally for me to be there than feel right for me to connect with my mates and i remember i there's this iconic moment where we were on like got on a boat drove it around manly and then um parked in had a few beers in manly and then the boat was coming back with the strippers on it which was a surprise for my mate and i was like oh, i just can't be on that like, I just can't be on that. But I was like, I don't want to make a scene. So I just like slyly like got my bag off the boat. And then there was this like literal iconic Swam moment. Back to Bondi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like the boat was just departing. And it was this scene of like watching like, you know, some of my yeah. mates leave. Yeah. And then Your past a self. guy, yeah, a guy who used to be one of my best mates starts yelling out, faggot, poofta, gay. Like as a joke, but like maybe not, you know, at the mm -hmm. same time. And it was a real kind of moment where I, I just felt so insecure because I was like, that is the guys who I've, you know, bled with on the sporting field. Mm -hmm. Like I've, you know, had some of the best nights of my life, traveled the world with. And there's this moment where they're really kind of departing. And I was like, but that's who I am in that moment. And then I went and met back up with them later. And, you know, about four guys pulled me aside and said, hey, man, like, just thanks for doing that because I actually felt really uncomfortable being there too. Mm. Um, so now in our friendship group, there's now a new portal that's opened where you don't have to just go that mm. way. And I was like, fuck, man, I still feel so insecure about it. Mm. But, you know, that was a big moment for me. And, 
you know, now when I go back into those friendship groups, it's, you know, we talk about what was. We talk about all the stories. Mm. That's it. It's not what, you know, I'm not here right now talking about mental health, you know, vulnerability, emotions, um, the meaning of life, which I'm like, I'm drawn to that conversation. Um, so, yeah, I, I for a little, long time, I felt like I was straddling worlds. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong about that. Like, I still love my mates and it's just, you know, I'm a different person. They're different people and, you know, I, I can still connect with them how I connect with them and, and that's okay. Love it. Um, my story is pretty, pretty similar, I think, in many ways. Um, I like that idea, you know, you're getting off the boat and that you're like holding up a mirror to them mm. and they're seeing themselves as well and that's mm. where they're... And I like to do that. That's just my psych, you know, vibes that I just like to point out things to people and mm. be like, why are you doing this? Is this in your best interest? And I think that I've always... Um, been so observant you know i had so many female friends and so i would watch because i was the drama music kid mm. um and so i would watch all of the guys um kind of from a distance and be like this doesn't seem fun doesn't look like you're having a good time and i could chameleon my way into mm. it because i can play sport and i can attempt to run and i can um you know keep up with that type of vibe but i always felt like i was lying to myself in many ways um and i always just felt much more comfortable around women because i was just like i don't have to put put on this mask i don't have to pretend to be something something else um so that was what was going on early on i got two older brothers as a competition and and that but it was still it was fun it was it was fine it didn't feel dangerous in Mm. in that way but as as we were growing up um my dad suffered from depression for a long time and i've spoken about this before with you dylan we didn't speak about it it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was discussed. He would go on conferences when he went to hospital. Um, mm. You know, it was mum, mum, and I still can't really decide whether I'm happy or angry about the fact that they kept it from us because I went 16 years of my life um, not knowing that anything was wrong. And at the point when I did find out that something was wrong, um, I felt somewhat that I'd been lied to, but I also realised that my whole childhood had been incredible as a result. Um, because he wasn't there for certain certain times, but when he was, he was on. He mm. was he was there. He was very present. So um, I understand why they did it. Um, but in my current state, I'm like that was just shame filled. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I don't want anyone to know. His best mates didn't know. He he was depressed since he was 18, and oh. his best mates had no idea. And so that went on um, till I was like 20. He was on and off. He'd do you know a few weeks here and there of being bedridden, pretty much. Um, and I, I remember at some point I became parent to him, like getting him out of bed, getting him to eat. And he was a, a GP. He was a doctor, looked after yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, he started methadone clinics in Australia, wow. um, safe injecting rooms. He looked after, you know, the people who couldn't look after themselves. And that was his whole identity. And so the idea that uh, he was in a vulnerable state was a no-go zone. No way was anyone going to going to tell him or see him in that way and he also thought that they were going to take his medical license if he Mm. if they ever found out he was unwell which is something that is still a problem across the board doctors football players people in the army you know the second they admit that something's up they get put on leave Mm. you know and that's that's a mark on their on their um yeah we know now like the one thing of mental health is having purpose so it feels like Mm. the actual opposite of what we you should be doing, yeah. like being connected to a community, all mm. these things, yeah. But that's what Hunter said. It's like we need to be proactive, not reactive. Yeah. There's too mm. much crisis, you know, and that's that's the whole men's mental health game. And so if we can get to the point where we are 
you know, the whole of, of Movember, everyone, every year, and I, I wrote about this last week, the idea that I'm getting more and more mates coming on board my team for Movember, and each of them are only coming on board because their dad or their grandfather has their prostate cancer or has passed away. Um, and I don't want it to be reactive. I don't want you to come on board. You know, women don't do that. They don't get on board a breast cancer charity because somebody has passed away. They do it because they're being proactive you know they're, they're doing it because they believe in this thing and they want to provide health and, and well-being to everyone we wait until the shit is the fan yeah. and then we go for it um so i i'm glad that i was somewhat already on this train into um men's mental health was always masculinity has always intrigued me um and so i was already on the on the train um and then i was overseas when i was 20 i was in portugal and i got a call at six in the morning like nine Skype calls, I woke up and I knew what had happened. Um, I knew what, I just felt it in my bones. Um, and I never believed that it was possible that dad would take his own life. I didn't think, you know, you never think that it's likely you always deny that truth that's within you. And so nobody asks, nobody talks. Mm. And since that day, I have made very, very clear in my mind that I will do whatever it takes to make sure that no one else has to go through that because that I just remember being in a hotel room so far away from my family screaming into a towel trying to keep you know it was six in the morning I'm trying to not wake everyone up and I was just um it felt it literally felt like I'd been ripped apart um and it and it was just such a a moment of um like drowning grief that I I f- somehow found a way. I just remember I got on a plane. I met up with my brother in Dubai because he was somewhere else. And we just sat there and it was just like, I don't have words for this. I don't know what has just happened. And because, as I said, I'd gone 20 years of literally, you know, I've grown up in Bondi. I've had the best life possible. And then it's just ripped apart from underneath. Um, and I came home and, you know, it was just, I, the first thing that I thought about was my sister. You know, she was 16 at the time um, and I just thought I had all of these moments which is kind of a cliche of like her walking down the aisle and without him and that was always the thing that, that really got to me and still does in many ways because we were, I was 20 which is young but I was like I think I can handle this um, and my mum is just a lioness, you know. We, we just came home and I, I'm Jewish so we sat shiver which is a week mm. in the house mm. which is just the most incredible way to yeah. mourn because yeah. our whole family descended upon the house from all over the world and we do a whole week in the house wow. talking about him thinking about it Shit. and you do it's like forced grief yeah pretty much yeah. so just on, so you you don't like, can you allow to leave we just sort of stayed we didn't yeah we didn't wow. leave no but like people this, this is another thing that i've reflected on recently i got food delivered to our house for six months from yeah, just mums in the community, community. Yeah, yeah crazy just dropped at the door yeah. they worked out their own routine um it was it was incredible and because you can't i couldn't think about anything mm. you know um and mm. so we just sit there and we were just playing games and and chatting and just trying to find some form of and me being i was already on the, the verge of being a psych so i was like we've got to do the work you know and everyone's yeah. like fuck you literally come on everyone literally sit down we're going to talk about this and it's like no one is ready three days yeah, in yeah, to discuss yeah. what's happening especially when it was so out of the blue it was not anything that we had had considered in any way um 
And so moving out of that, um, I think all of us, because my mum was just like, we're going to get on with this. Mm. You know, this is just how it's going to be. We're not going to forget him. Um, I made really clear. I remember I wrote an article for The Guardian. It was about a year after. Um, and I sent it around to my siblings because it was me talking about what had happened. It was making it very clear. Lots mm. of his patients didn't know. We didn't talk about it at the funeral. Um, and I just said, what about the cancer narrative, which is the idea that if you died of cancer, we'd all be talking about it. Yeah. We'd all say exactly what it is. If it's suicide, it needs to have that. We need to bring this out. Like mm. it's just too. And, and that's the thing. If you don't say the word, if you don't talk about it, it just sits in this dark scary place that no one can can understand and no one is willing to discuss and so i just i always use that you know that cancer question in my head would i talk about this if and so i i told them they were like oh we're uncomfortable about this and i go well maybe that's maybe that's okay and i put it out there and then i just felt a weight go in a way um and now i can do this you know now i can sit here and talk about it um in this way and now it really comes down to just the privilege just like hunter to be able to sit across from people and you know just watch them get out of their darkest moments and i've kind of become like a tony robbins motivational coach i don't know when it when it happened but that. i'm just like Do you wear the lectern yeah, yeah. you get the what's it was it just cruise one yeah, on one and, like, I clap, yeah. and i clap with my massive hands um, yeah. <laughs> but just that idea of like you are capable of of getting through this and holding hope for them yeah. and holding the belief that they're um and I do so much of that. Is this useful? Is this helping you? What can we do differently nice. here? Yeah. Um, and just just questioning things here and there. Um, and it's just such a damn privilege. And then getting to work in November, you know, we got millions of guys on our on our uh, yeah on our WhatsApp group who were just uh, you know sending in messages, just looking for connection. Yeah. Um, and that's what the community provides. And so getting to do that on a global level um, with just a little bit of an upper upper hairy lip is is a is a damn privilege yeah no i'm I'm really honored to be sitting with you guys i'm not saying that in any way but the truth it is it is an honor um you two as i said i respect so much what you do i absolutely love it and what you've both just done then and you know shared your stories i can't thank you enough for it but i think i wanted to make clear the reason you know we're doing that and i think the reason you guys do that it's not to come in here and be like this is our sad story, like, mm. you know, sympathize or whatever. It's just showing that you can do it too. Mm. Everyone has a story. You can do it too when you're ready to do it um, and don't feel alone because, yeah, I think uh, we're not trying to just tell these stories and people mm. feel shit about themselves. Like, yeah. you know, it's more like, fuck, this is what, you know, a lot of people go through. A lot of people have these things and don't feel alone. Mm. Yeah. Can I, dude, that was so powerful, man. So it was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you a couple of questions? So, you would be familiar with like the phrase, obviously, post-traumatic stress Mm. and then there's post-traumatic growth. Oh, yeah. So, for you, Mm. you've used an absolute tragic circumstance Mm. to be an inflection moment of growth and Mm. service. What do you put that down to? Mm. There was never any option, (laughs) which is really interesting. I've thought about this and it's like I was provided with such good guardrails Mm. Um, that even though everything was shaking, yeah. I felt 
that it was all going to land exactly where it needed to yeah. be. Yeah. And I think dad knew that yeah. in, in a roundabout wow. way, um, which is he could have done this at any point in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that we were all, you know, besides my sister, who is now flourishing as well. Yeah. Hey, shout out to her. She, yeah. she's listening to one of the big podcasts right now. The Daily <laughs> is just, wow, they are dominating. She's crushing, yeah. yeah. So that idea of, um, of, of, you know, being aware that we were in, a place that we would get through and he also knew who we were obviously and that my mum is just unbreakable yeah. to an extent she didn't feel unbreakable for those first of few course, months yeah. um but she's a mother first you know and so i think that yeah. um how i how i turned it around was that which is the same way that i've kind of done everything is like no plan b mm. you know just believe that that this Trust. will that this will work out and um work towards it every day and yeah. don't don't think any differently um and also surround yourself with damn good people my friends have been my friends since i was like three yeah you know? so good. um so they know what what's happening and um they were there and they they held me and i just pushed on you know mm. i've been thinking so my my dad's a psychologist my mom and my dad split when i was like two but mm. dad's a psychologist and so I often think about um, the identity of a psychologist. Mm. And so because it represents such safety and such almost stoicism that I can be the vessel or the space for you to share whatever and I'm mm. still here to serve. And then the other side of that is like a curiosity. I'm interested in your perspective on mm. this is like sometimes identities can be like a prison, mm. you know, because I'm like I'm listening to you share that. I'm like, man, who holds Zach? Mm. You know, like who, because yes, you've got the skills. Yes, you've got the ability. Mm. You, your capacity is immense. But then like, where do you go to be held? Mm. just want to hug. I think yeah. that <laughs> I, got, I got to a point a year ago or so where I realized um, that no one actually knew who I was mm. to an extent because I would do so much giving and helping and yeah. listening to everybody. And I thought, and I think I've discussed this with you, that I feel like a vulnerability salesman yeah. because I can give off that story, for instance, yeah. about my dad, yeah. which is pretty intense in yep. the grand scheme of things. And it doesn't touch the sides. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I know exactly um, what you're saying. And so it's yeah. like I can be in a certain space. Like Dan Price is one of the only people in the world I'll sit there and he will shake, he will rattle me oh, he shook every me. time. Yeah. yeah, he shook me He, he shakes me and, and that is... And that is something that doesn't happen that often to me because I'm in this space most of the time mm. and it's my it's my job. So it's like it can't. If it shakes me all the time, it can't work. But that means that in my everyday life, I can't get into a space That's where I'm actually providing truth of myself and what I actually need. And so I realized that no one's reading me correctly mm. because I'm not providing anything useful. So mm. now I have to actively go, I need to tell them what's yes. happening right yeah. now. I need to say... Oh, I'm actually doing pretty shit because I've always wanted to be. I've got it together. I'm fine. Yeah. I can. And the thing is, is that I can. I know my own rituals. I swim every day. I meditate. I've got my things. Mm. But sometimes I do need people, and of I course, need someone yeah. to to hold me. And so I'm at that space now where I'm going. I need to just come out with this a bit more mm. and, and and share it more in a way. And and that's a lot for people because my typical vulnerability feels a lot mm. to people, but yeah. my true vulnerability is like shit. You're you're yeah. drowning. Yeah, and then that breaks the whole dynamic too because they're like, but you're Zach, the, the holder of all the things, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, and they're like, are you okay? You're yeah. like, yeah, man, I'm just being me. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. my yeah. missus does that for me because, like, you know, even with this show now, she. You know, I might sometimes I come off as I know what I'm, I literally have no idea what I'm talking about ever. <laughs> and she's like the most strongest, most beautiful person in the world. And she's my rock. So when she stresses, I'm like, 
we're stressing. Okay, <laughs> fuck. Like, she's normally one that keeps me calm. So, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do Like when this person stresses? But you actually, again, to your point, you probably don't realize how much people love helping you too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's actually something like that you get off on helping other people. So, as much as it might be hard for you, you'd know that you're actually letting people connect with you more, mm. Um, mm. which is good. Yeah. And it's reimagining what is service, right? Because service, I think, is like a fluid thing. It's not always outward. Sometimes- the most you can do to serve others is let yourself be held, mm. which is so counterintuitive. Mm. <laughs> well, that's exactly the yeah. thing that I that I was realizing when I was, you know, because I go through waves of thinking about that in totally different settings. And I started to go about a year, a year and a half. It was my birthday. My birthday always rattles me. I'm like, everyone stay away. And I was like, something's up here. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is my day and I don't want anyone to, mm. you know, actually. And so um, I got to the point where I was like, I think I'm doing the dad thing now where I'm just giving to everyone and not allowing anyone in. And it was great to just be like, no, nah, fuck that. This is not happening. Yeah. And so I called up a man and I really also didn't want to do it when I'm drunk. I don't, yeah. you know, there's no need for any of these masks. So it was just like, called up a mate. I'm like, we're going to the beach. And I just sat there and just let it out. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I think knowing that that's there and that's present. And he did. He felt great about being able yeah. to mm. be in that space with me. But cool. you don't want to freak them out. No, you don't. You don't. You definitely want to freak them out. But I think doing it the right way is mm, the best mm. way possible. Big things, ticket items today that we've touched on three or four times and I'd love to get into this because I think the beauty of you two and having you in the room is you're so well-versed and you know exactly, you know, well, you don't know exactly and I think that's actually something, you know good measures and they might not fit everyone but mm. they are good things to do, is proactiveness versus reactiveness. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about like what is proactiveness and then like what is reactiveness and how maybe the two best things that we can do in those situations. Like for me- there's, I know when I need to be reactive because I can start to, you know, you surround yourself and talk to people like yourself all the time. And I'm like, fuck, I need to do something now. You know, whether it's go for a run or get out and see some friends, whether it's get off the drink for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a few things that are starting, you know, as I get older, I'm going, fuck, these aren't good. I need to balance it out. So, what would you guys say is the best, in your own opinions, for yourself or people you've worked with, are uh, really good proactive tools to stay on top of? your mental health or well, i'm sitting next to a psychologist so yeah, um, yeah. i'll just have it's my first instead of crack now and then, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 just clean follow up and just yeah, yeah, just yeah. go that was shit well my language for it which i got from my mates is basically are you playing offense are you playing defense mm. oh, i like it and that just helped my psychology quite a bit like and i think with you know, many guys, our mindset is very competitive and very conquest driven. And so I think if I'm like, cool, if that's my nature, let's just apply that to my well being. And so I think if I'm playing offense, it's like really, we, and it's creating a, a game of a situation that could otherwise be quite heavy. So for me, it's like, the biggest thing I've learned to do is genuinely slow down and listen to myself. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't know why so that is not hard to do that, man. Yeah, yeah. That, is like the hard, I, that is so much easier said oh, than done, and isn't it? Because is shit scary. Oh. Yeah, man, because mm. it comes up, mm. right? And then it's like there's so much noise and there's so much like we're so, you know, the, like the pokies machine in our hands, you know, like there's just so much pulling us out of avoiding ourselves Mm. and it's like it's so interesting like the altered states of consciousness like business movement is like a trillion dollar industry because it's pulling ourselves our attention away from ourselves into something external and it's like well what about if we flip that inwards Mm. you know what are we really scared of 
And ultimately, for me, that's like, you know, I just got to slow down. I've got to listen to myself. I've started this practice recently of just checking with my gut and just going, cool, what do you think? Like literally talking out loud and going, what do you think we do? And then it's not my mind, which is super heady. And if we think about the mind, it's all about judging and assessing and mostly around safety. Mm-hmm. And the gut is like, we know gut decisions, right? There's, a, there's a, f- a phrase for it. So I think for me, like really slowing down and you can do that through any practice that means something to you. It could be going for a run around Centennial Park. It could be journaling. It could be meditation. It could, whatever it is, could be cooking. You know, whatever you find slows your system down um, is, is just so important. And then I think knowing your nature. So for me, I'm I love being around people. So I'm a big sharer. So if something bad happens to me, I'm like I got to tell people. Mm-hmm. Like it just has. To, that's the only way it can happen. <laughs> um, so I think if that's the case, what do I do to create you know rhythms in my life in which to um, or like a cadence mm-hmm. of checking in with people or having non-negotiable things that are just built into my you know, my week, my mm. days, my months. And for me, like I've had a, a weekly call with my best friend for four and a half years running. So we've lived in the same same state, different states, been housemates. And every week we've never missed it for the last four and a half years. We've been on the other side of the world where it's a check-in. So for an hour, doesn't matter, like literally been on the other side of the world. Yeah. We, we And it, it, at first it was like, Oh my shit came up because like I don't fucking want to do this. I'm in fucking New York. Like yeah. I don't want to fuck, man. It's like four a.m. Um, and he's like, yeah, man, but we made the commitment. I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, I don't really commit to a heap of things. So that's yeah. great. Um, so like having knowing that I need, I have that space built into my week, non-negotiable, just to check in. So for like, and sometimes I'll just check in for like 55 minutes around all the things that are going on in my life and like all the messy things, things I'm insecure about, things I think are gross, a bit fucked up. Mm. But all the happiness. And so I, I just dump it and he can listen and ask questions if he wants. And other times he might take, you know, the hour or it might be 30-30. Mm. But I think having that ritual has been really important. Mm. And then, yeah, just like coming back to like connecting to self, to nature, to relationships, to food, mm. um, to a higher purpose, whatever that means to you. Um, and then just having boundaries around things that I know that aren't good for me. So mm. I, I cut porn out, you know, a long time ago, mm. um, which was, you know, fucking big process like um yeah because i'm like this is not serving me and it's it's not and then i started to like think through it i'm like what about the industry well you know that's it so i got evidence for the feeling which made it an okay decision um yeah and it's just kind of that that personal well-being hygiene really mm. so yeah a few things in that really cool i relate to a lot of them um two ones that you said at the end like nature and food I reckon have, have really changed like what I do and it's noticed so much from moving back from Sydney to Melbourne how much harder that's been because like you know the beaches mm. here and the sun and like being here before as I said like it's just being in a nice place for me is like massive yeah. the Melbournians are not going to be happy with that no <laughs> no well I think they understand it's fucking like hailing at the moment it's meant to be summer like yeah. soon I don't even know yeah. spring and I know this is like this is one of the most basic tips I've ever got and I'd never listened to it and until like the last probably year. I drink so much fucking water. Yeah. Mm. And it like, I think that's like meditating. Yeah. I seriously, I think it's my thing that I've found now is when I'm stressed, I literally just go skull like a litre of water. Mm. 
Weird, I know, but it well, does. No, it's, go, it's going, where am I at? What do I need yeah. right now? Mm. It's, it's, it's a check-in mm. of sorts, you know? Yeah, it is. Really big one that I've literally just noticed then is, is mm. putting, what you put in your body. You do yeah. feel good. I, I don't eat meat um, anymore. And, and that's, you know, that, that was a little bit what you're saying about the other stuff is that was like an ethical thing, but it was also like, I actually don't feel fucking good when, yeah. I, when I eat meat. Like, yeah. I, and it's not... Again, I'm not, you know, not trying to like be like I'm a better person than anyone, which I am. <laughs> but you do just feel really good, and you know, I I used to get crook when I ate meat. And I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I feel like shit. But no one it's asks just, that question. Totally. Yeah, everyone just goes, I oh, I just feel like shit every Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This up. Yeah, like, yeah. Who's telling you to do this? Yeah. Why do you keep <laughs> going? Take tablets for my Sunday anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All you're doing is just trying to undo the decisions that you've made yeah. constantly. It's a good one, isn't it? You know, when people are like, oh man, Sunday. I'm so fucking anxious. Are you anxious at the Sunday or have you just been on yeah, all yeah. weekend uh, and you yeah. now feel like shit? It's like yeah. probably probably both. Yeah. We need to re- redefine Sunday scaries. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I love Sundays now. Sunday's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Um, Zach, what do you do personally and then mm. what do you, if you're allowed to, what do you suggest mainly? Am for, I allowed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. I'll charge you, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, I've been, I've been um, thinking about this quote a lot recently. It's by Albert Camus, who's just this... Old, old dude, um, who said, uh, even in the depths of winter, within us all is an invincible summer. Mm. And it's that idea of invincible summer just like sticks. Firstly, I love warmth. I love the beach, obviously. Mm. But I love the idea that you can do whatever you want in your own head. <laughs> you know, there are decisions that can be made that you can reshape the way that you're perceiving your own reality in many ways. And so, as, as dark and gray as Melbourne is, you surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. You know, you do the right things. You can you can create happiness for yourself in many ways. And so I think that that idea of, you know, chugging water when you know that you're in a certain space is the idea that where am I at right now and what do I need? What do I need is not something that people ask that much. They always go, what do I want? You know, and what do I need is like, where where are my resources at? What's what's going to be the thing that is going to actually help me rather than hinder me right now? And there's obviously a space for doing things that aren't necessarily that helpful for you all the time, but are going to connect you with people or you're going to have fun in the short term and, you know, medium term, it might not, not be that good. But I think that proactivity, as Hunter is kind of talking about, is like knowing and allowing yourself to be in that space to go, what's happening for me right now? Where, where am I at? Who am I? What do I? What do I? What am I striving towards in many ways? And so I think that the reactive nature that I think men do f- far too much is I will wait until I'm sinking, until I start to swim. Um, and I think that finding a way to get on top of this stuff early by going, what are my intentions here? Mm-hmm. What am I striving for? And you know who who is this um, person that I am? moving towards what am i what am i becoming and how can i do this a little differently um i think that because those check-ins are so difficult for for lots of guys because Mm. it's a language it's a language and a skill and a muscle whatever you want to call it that takes time to to get used to and as you said there you know at the start of this journey that we're all on especially as guys when you go 18 20 years without doing that you're just on autopilot for Mm. so long autopilot is you know, in certain instances like this, where we can just let our brains go, is beautiful. In other instances, where you just are, are just following for some reason and not going, is this where I want to go? Is this the stream that I want to go down? In many ways, that's when it kind of gets dangerous, I think. And so we want to get to the point where we are 
purposefully going, what path am I going towards and why? And talking to people about that. Um, because I think our own internal subjective frame goes, uh, you only have so much information within your head. And it's all biased as well. And so checking in with other people, whether it be a psych, whether it be a mate, and just going, I just want to, you know, check this, confirm whether or not this is something that is just something that I've created or is something that I should be striving, actually striving towards. So when it comes to to things around rituals, like Hunter is talking about, those are the things that are those guardrails that allowed me to flourish, I guess, in some ways, because I knew that regardless of how shaky everything felt, I had that security elsewhere. Yeah. I could I could find that grounding regardless of where I was and what was happening. And so that's, you know, I eat the same breakfast every morning for like 15 years. Wow. Um, I meditate twice a day. I swim in the ocean every day as much as I can, unless I'm in Melbourne, God forbid. And uh, <laughs> that's why I had to leave. No offense. Um, I also left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pulls me, seriously. The ocean pulls me. I get yeah. beach anxiety. Yeah, so, I, I've um, got that. Yeah, we'll have you up here. It's yeah, right. thank you. We'll find a way. Um, and just understanding that those rituals, and this is the thing, everyone thinks, especially when we talk about it, I think weird is becoming wonderful. You know, Weird's it's the cool. idea that I, I sit around, I talk to people about this stuff. And at first they're like, oh, you're a bit strange. And then all they want to know is how they can do it themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why Wim Hof and Tony Robbins and all of these guys who are huge in the, in the men's space are just providing purpose and structure for guys who are just in the ether going, what the fuck is happening? Who am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? What's my meaning? You know, Joe Rogan just sits there and fucking talks at you mm. and you go, oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. eat this up because yeah. they're not getting it from anywhere else. Yeah. And, and so Jordan Peterson exactly. too, right? And it's like it doesn't even matter if these guys are speaking 100% truth. They're actually just providing education, confidence mm. and a role model. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like that's what the game has changed so much for blokes as well. It's like- the models that we've inherited, we often talk about this, but the models we've inherited around masculinity are like, are not working. Mm. Like, but it's also mm. not about throwing out the baby with the bathwater. No. You know, it's about keeping the masculine traits that are serving us and developing more range, mm. which comes from weirdness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know? Your own internal strangeness. Yeah. What yeah. What do you do? What do you love? What Why do you do it? And I think that the idea of, um, as we've discussed about masculinity so many times, men are just being told what not to do. No one is telling them what to do. And so those these guys out there are going, this is how you should be. And you go, yeah, sweet. You've given uh, me something. Here's my doctrine that I can carry forward. We need other guys to go, what do you actually want? Rather than talking at you, we're going to yeah. talk with you. Mm. And that's what, you know, Man Cave, that's what Movember, that's what all of these organizations are going. Let's talk about an aspirational idea. Where do you want to go? Rather than I'm going to tell you what's what. And then the next part of that is like, you know, laugh like Jordan Peterson's like 12 rules for for life yeah, or yeah. whatever. Make it's like, bad. okay, cool, right. Well, okay, there's only 12. You know, but like <laughs> if we, again, just analyze that from like a, a like a evolutionary point of view, it's like we had these codes of conduct that govern society. And now though, like whether that's the Bible, it's the different religions, you know, whatever religious or sacred texts there are, you know, the places we went to, the community town halls, the synagogues, mm. the mosques, like the places we went to get exposed to value systems, mm. morals, and diverse role models are now crumbling. Mm. And it's like where, that's why so many guys are on YouTube. Yeah. You know, Reddit. Like you read it, you know, you're fine. You tr- that's 
innately there's something in them seeking a truth yeah mm. and they're seeking a, a purpose you know and and you know whether you believe in god religion whatever but it's like there are certain stories that we live into because they help us organize our communities mm. and now the stories are breaking mm. we're at a real inflection point and you know we've got the fucking metaverse coming like <laughs> you know we're at a real point in time where it's like cool who do we need to be not just for us but for our grandkids like yeah. that's the clincher for me it's why do you like, think everyone's listening to dylan friends well fuck that's i don't what's know going on here. i'm not sure i think we're all just don't know as much as, yeah no, <laughs> this big guy, well that's why i've got you guys on but just on that i love what you said about um believing in something i'm gonna just i think that's what you're saying is like we don't have something there mm. as much as it's mm. prevalence anymore as you're saying you know church everyone used to go there community mm. you're part of it you feel good you believe in one thing yeah it's different now isn't it like it is so different but i've realized now I do believe in something like I believe in a high purpose and I believe that if you do good, good things happen. Mm. And that doesn't mean always good things are going to happen. But like if you just do as much good as you can, good things will happen to you. And you know what? You feel good, but probably things aren't even going to like more things probably won't even good happen to you, but you just notice them more. Yeah. Yeah. And you just notice them so much more and you're like, fuck, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. You're probably not. You're just as lucky as anyone else here, but you just like notice them so much more. So- if anyone wants to believe in that, I'm going to start up a church. It's called the Friends Church. It's Friends Church. It's called the just be, do, try and do good and good shit happens sometimes. And, we'll take yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. It's better than what we got. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just want to come back to that because like I, me, my mates grew up like not believing in something bigger mm. and it was almost seen as something that was girly, that was feminine, that was gay, as if there's anything wrong with that. And, you know, we, I just go, if we're about prolonging our time on this planet as a species, why don't we go to the people that have been here the longest yeah. and let's ask them. And what do the First Nations people say? They say, me, white Western culture needs to reconnect with spirit. Mm. And so- the thing, my journey with this has been like I associated like spirituality as like kind of hippies, tree hugging, but then I also associate it with like religion. And mm. I was like, oh, I don't trust that. Yeah. But there is a distinct difference to what you're saying, which is actually the higher purpose. It is. Right? Um, yeah. And it's like how, you know, if we slow this all down, how could we not believe in a higher purpose, mm. right? Like we're on a spinning rock. We're kind of evolved monkeys. What? Yeah. We're on a rock. And, we're, and then like, you know, how we're, we're part, something is happening happening that ultimately we have no control over. Mm. We might think with our little two million yeah, year old brains, yeah, yeah. we're like, you know, <laughs> I've got certainty, you know, I'm going to plan my day in my calendar, <laughs> you know, like, but ultimately it's like, cool, we actually have no idea. We're always falling. And, you know, coming back to what I said, like there is something there that our First Nations people are saying, if we can reconnect back to spirit, whatever language you want to give to that, mm. yeah. higher purpose, community, giving, Nature. like- Nature, like there is something there because, you know, the way that we're evolving now, like absolutely, you know, there's like some incredible technological advancements, but also I do think there are some real spiritual advancements mm-hmm. now too because, you know, I wouldn't have been sitting here, you know, a couple of years ago talking about this. You, I doubt, wouldn't have been talking no. about this. But so there's, if we look at the data of that, something is happening, mm. you know, and I think that coming back to vulnerability, that's also piercing through that allows people to feel more. Yeah. And when we feel more, we connect more. And then back to what you were saying, it's like connection is the reason why we will live the longest. You know, there's the Harvard study mm-hmm. on you know 85 year study bunch of men you know who have lived to be you know however old what is the reason it's not you know 
um, their jobs. It's not like, um, you know, the, how many kids they had, their no, diet. They smoked anything. They smoked. No. It was Mate. the quality of their relationships. Yeah. So, not quantity, but quality. Oh, yeah. Mm. Preach that. 100%, right? And then, like, vulnerability with your mates is cool. Like, mm. that should be the tagline of Dylan Fred. But, like, vulnerability that is cool. Vulnerability man. is cool. Yeah. Right? Like, comes into school, Healthy Harold is like oh, 2.0. See, someone's throwing an apple at me. <laughs> no, I'm saying that. Yeah, so that's, I just think there's, there's a is. lot of clues in that. Mate. Believing in yourself as well. You know, belief as a, as a higher purpose is like, I've got something in me that I can. I can give here. Yeah. I can I can be someone that is going to be a useful member of society and I can connect with others and I can find a reason to get up in the morning and do something. To, and it doesn't have to be your job. It's just got to be knowing that there is something within you that can drive you forward. Love it. Did you guys see recently, and again, I, I sometimes I just pick up these things and go different places, but I read this article. I think Sam even showed me it. It's called The Great Resignation. Yeah. Mm. And I think that epitomizes what we're talking about now and why I'm so happy for young people, boys and girls with what we're doing is people want that. Like they're in these incredible jobs, um, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 year olds and they're going, fuck, this isn't what I want to do. Mm. This is not what I want to do. And they're just going and quitting and just doing something different that they like that isn't as big as what they wanted, but they're having purpose and they enjoy it. So, I think there is definitely is inroads in that space. Talk about um, post-traumatic growth. We, we said, I think I spoke about this with you on the podcast early on in the COVID situation where I was like, there'll be a silver lining. Good mm. things will come mm. from this. And, mm. you know, the idea that we're going to grow because you have to. We've had literally Forced. gut. We've had gut time. Yeah. Mm. We've just been like, all right, I'm at home again in my fucking mm. home office. What am I doing here? Yeah. What is this? And it's not that you hate your job. It's not that you hate the people that you work with. It's just that there is something else potentially. I also think there's a flip side to that, which is where people blow stuff up unnecessarily and then just go, gallivanting and attempting to find themselves but potentially lose themselves. Mm, so yeah. I think that there there has to be that middle ground where you talk to the people around you to be like, this is what I'm feeling. What do you reckon I should I should be doing here? Because you don't want to, you know, start to just eradicate everything that you've kind of created for no reason. Because that's often a fear thing as well. Mm, it's like mm. I'm losing time you know, when you hit thirty or forty, you just everything just goes. It's like, oh no, I've lost everything. I've yeah. lost my youth. What's going on here? Rather than, and I, I, you know, I've got so many mates who are turning thirty now, and they go, uh, "I've, I've, I'm losing everything." And I'm like, "Let's flip that just a little. What are you about to gain?" Yeah. I asked my grandparents; they're both Holocaust survivors. They went through fucking hell, wow. all right, and they're both ninety-two, still kicking. Wow, running around, and um, I go. I saw them this morning, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing they laps, yeah, they do a couple times. Laps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slow as man, <laughs> losers. <laughs> and, I, and I go to them. Uh, what age would you like to be? And I'm like, they're going to say, you know, twenties, thirties when they're at the, and they go fifties or sixties. Really? Both of them yeah. at the same time. They cool. said it, and they were like, we knew who we were. We had funds. We could travel. You know, our kids were old enough. We knew what was going on, and we could live the lives that we always wanted to in many ways. And mm. so this idea that I don't know who's selling us youth, I guess, in many ways, like, you know, development and growth and, and understanding who we Knowledge, are and what we can yeah. become. That's everything is getting easier for me every year. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, God, what the fuck was that about? That yeah, was, that oh, was rough. Yeah. And I love I love thinking back to I've got a journal from when I was like 22, 23. 
And I thought I was hot shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, Unsorted. poor dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thank my friends for sticking by me oh, during, mate, during yeah. that time. Fucking hell. I know exactly. So, in 10 years' time, I'll call you and thank you again for Please sticking do. by me Please through do. this period. <laughs> There's a little um, anecdote I heard the other day, and it was on TikTok. So, I'm not going to- I, I, I can't credit who this was, Very but fun. I loved it. And it's actual fact because it was on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But it was this guy who was saying, hey, judge a situation. And I think this has been like a massive part for me with this whole COVID situation. It's definitely how I see things. And it's like, what if I told you you broke your leg? And you're like, that would suck. That's bad news. And it's like, well, what if I told you when you broke your leg, you went to the doctor, you met the doctor, and you end up marrying the doctor that became your wife? Mm. You're like, that's a bad situation in like the first hour, but in the next six months, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to you. So it's sort of hard and it's very hard to know when you're in that Mm. because you look at a situation sometimes and you're like, fuck, that is, I just broke my fucking leg. Like, Mm. this is terrible. Then I go and I meet the doctor and she's loved my life and we, you know, have a family together. It's mm-hmm. like, I love that and that's why I love that. You never know what's coming. Yeah, sliding doors. Yeah, you never yeah. know what's coming. And it's like, I love that Tony Robbins is getting a run in this podcast. But <laughs> yeah. Like one of, you know, his quotes, Tony. which, you know, he's obviously a divisive character. Yeah. But, um, you know, life is happening for you, not to you. So, mm-hmm. life is happening for you, not to you. And that's a very different way to engage with the world. And so- you know, when COVID broke, man cave, we were running school-based mental health programs in schools, which meant that we couldn't do that really for like 18 months and we're a charity. Mm. But that was the mindset that we embedded in the organization was like, cool, how will we, How do we roll with the punches here that this will, you know, show that this adversity will shape our character as an organization and as individuals? How do we use this time wisely? And we've now coming out of COVID, it's like a slingshot. Like yeah. things are just different. You need new matured. people. We need, we're hiring more Mate, people. You, if anyone wants, I remember after the chat with Hunter last time, everyone was asking me how to get involved with Man Cave. You now have a chance. Yeah, we're, we're hiring facilitators in both New South Wales and Victoria. So, get on that. Where yeah. do they go? Just online? Yeah, yeah. Mancave.life, themancave.life, L-I-F-E. And then it's, uh, couldn't afford .com. Oh, yeah. Totally. yeah. Um, <laughs> so charity. Life. Hashtag yeah. charity. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> life instead yeah. of yeah. .com. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's a real bold. Yeah, no, it's, that's a yeah, household.com. Work with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone will be doing it. Google.life. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So get involved. But back to that point Sorry. was um, it's 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 a shift, right? And it's this deeper trust. And I think that's where the higher power thing comes in. It's like, you know, I am being taken care of, even if the discomfort is not what I want. Mm. And I think that's the the thing about such a pleasure driven society, mm. you know? And it's like, that's what's scary. Like the metaverse is pure pleasure town mm. like one of the biggest investors in that industry is porn mm. because mm. imagine putting your vr goggles on and you're just off to the races like and then you're giving that to an eight-year-old kid right so there's you know there's a lot happening there so back to what are we doing just to slow down mm. and, and i think that the idea that's really important when we're talking about you break your leg you rock up you have to be in the space to connect with the doctor to look her in the eye yeah. to go I'm I'm here, and you know I'm I'm a human being. I'm not just fucking angry about what's happened and anxious. And it's it's a matter of going. This situation is shit, but my life is all right. I'm going to contextualize this, and now I found the love of my life, and I have to have sex with a broken leg. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's why. That's, that's why he's a doctor. Isn't that's that, it. Was just, that was a slam dunk. <laughs> that, that was really alley oop into that the was fucking really bank. Good. Yeah. That was awesome. I love that. Hey, November, we're doing it. We're you're doing, yeah. You, I can't yeah, see you. Uh, like, I am, I, I am, believe it or not, I am. It's happening. It feels wiry. 
Uh, but I, yeah, it hurts. Whatever you grow, mate. It hurts. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it. I'm running a marathon if I haven't told you guys. So What? Yeah, yeah, I'm running a marathon. Yeah. What are we doing for November? I know there's a cool collab between you two. Mm. I obviously didn't get the... The memo with yeah. the like three club maybe, but yeah, yeah it's a bit much. Is it? Maybe so, when I get yeah. to podcast number three, so fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll bring you in. Um, what are you guys doing? It's a it's a big big year, man. Um, yeah, we we had to do the whole pivot last year as well. The, the word of the year, yeah, um, going you know fully online and and trying to get all these guys on board um, without that connection, really, in many ways, the, the physical connection, um, because that's what we pride ourselves on is getting yeah. everyone in the room and being able to to connect with them have events all that type of stuff and we still managed to succeed and so we knew that people were just chomping for this stuff you know and so um this year we've just gone bigger and bolder um and we've we've actually broadened out um i think i spoke to you about this tool ages ago november conversations yeah, which is ripper this, um online tool and we've got all heaps of articles about how to talk to your mates about the tough stuff you know that the man cave gives you the the initial tool toolbox for and then we we you know develop it further i guess in many ways and so um so many things we've got people like dan pricey going and running running what a distance man. what a man we've got people all over the world just doing just pushing themselves in many ways and it's through adversity and and difficulty as i said i would love to see the day and i'm hoping in a couple of years time that we're going to get men on board who have not suffered yeah you know who mm. have not been through shit and are doing it Reactively, preventatively, preventatively. Yeah. yeah, we want we want to get them ca- ca- coming on board, coming on board to 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 do this stuff because they know that their future um, is in their hands and yeah. that they can they can shift this stuff up. And you know, having a little a little mo just to start those conversations is 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 this is the best time of year. We it love is. it. it is. And then go ahead with the the man cave collab. Yeah, well. Uh, Two partnerships going mm. on. So the first was um, over COVID, Man Cave developed this initiative called Man Cave TV, which is basically yes. bringing our facilitators to life through like a digital platform that really- On the line. On the line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, on, don't the, on the life. Yeah, don't yeah. Lie. <laughs> um, Basically, it's like helping boys find the answers to questions they're Googling anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's done in a way that's kind of edgy but wholesome at the same time. And, um, yeah, really like everything like, you know, my parents are going through a divorce. Mm. I don't know what to do. I'm questioning my sexual preference. don't know what to do. Like I'm about to have sex for the first time. I don't know what to do. Whatever it is. But delivering it in a way that's kind of meets the boys where they're at. And, um, yeah, amazing that, you know, November ran this social innovations challenge with like thousands of applications across the world. And you guys chose 11, I'm pretty sure. Did. Uh, and Man Cave TV was one of the 11. So, wow. um, huge partnership for us. Obviously, the, you know, the brand, the reputation of Movember means we can just press play and scale this thing. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, so just, going out to many teenage boys as possible. And where is, man, like the TV, can you just access that online? Yeah, that on- so yeah, it's basically uh, a digital, yeah, online website. There's a- Is it live? It's building now. We've got okay. an Instagram handle, which is kind of building it out. So it's okay. got about kind of maybe 2,000 boys on it now. On There's it. The boys are also playing on um, Twitch. So boys, oh, after they dreaming. go through our programs, um, we'll log on to Twitch and speak to our facilitators, start oh, checking wow. about their mental health. Yeah. 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 So it's really the whole thing for us is like there's enough people telling boys they're bad, they're wrong. We're like we want to come in as that non-authoritative role model that kind of shows them, like has fun with them, but then it can also 
you know, provide some role modeling mm, too. Yep. So there's that partnership. And then, um, yeah, we've just partnered with uh, Movember with one of their initiatives, which is called Speakeasy. So basically it's um, a Movember initiative, Man Cave's the delivery partner, and we go into corporate workplaces and basically create spaces for- Shake shit up. For, for guys- For the older just, dudes. For the older mm, dudes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, just to learn how to kind of check in, develop some language for their emotions, how to support their mates mm. and um, become the internal champions inside of their businesses too. Yeah. I've got a question, Dill. Please. If Hunter had made a four-minute video about you're about to have sex for the first time and you're-, you're I'd you know, watch it at 28, to be honest. <laughs> I'd watch it, I'd watch it. Yes, I would watch it. Okay. 28. Yeah. Put it on. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the question? Because yeah, yes, oh, that, is, that actually is the answer. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely watch it. I think it's really smart. Like, all those things- you t- you know, I think we spoke about this on this show. Like, you write the question down, you put it in a on yeah, a yeah, on a little yeah, note, yeah. and you go, yeah. "Oh, who the fuck? Who the fuck did that? That's the worst question ever." Like, that was me. I don't know what that was. You know, like, but that's what like big mouth and sex education. Totally. That's what yeah. you're doing. It's like, yeah. man, if I in 10, 20 years ago to be able to have that, just yeah. to watch it, oh. oh man, everyone. This is the thing. This is what we're talking about. Normalization of everything. You, you know, you said at the start, it's like, oh, everyone is going through this mm. shit. The isolating feeling that you are in some way you know it's either ego being like i'm totally unique and different yeah or it's no one will ever understand this there are too many fucking people in this world for you for you to suggest that you have something that that others aren't going to connect with so my you know plea to everybody is to just throw it out there and see where it sticks because somebody will pick it up and run with it alongside you and that's just that's what Mm. we're here for you know don't do this shit alone we're not special you know, when we're all created with the s- same instruments in many ways. Mm. And so it's just a matter of finding that that person and going, all right, now's the time. Love it. Love it. I think that was that was it. <laughs> that was, I think you nailed <laughs> that it. That was good. I did want to say though, just quickly, that it was funny when you go back to those sex ed classes and you're like, oh, I'm the only one that doesn't know this. Hey, Brad. You don't know shit either, mate. Like we're both like twelve, yeah, and like yeah. none of us know what you the fuck we're doing. Like, yeah, yeah, Brad, shut the fuck up. No, like, no, you, no. Yeah, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, I've got an older brother. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, What's next for you guys? Mm, I need a holiday, mate. Me too, man. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting away. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough rough eighteen months. I didn't even realize this. I went away for for two days um, a couple of weeks ago, and just to feel. Every time I'm like, oh, I'm calm now. I like, I feel another wave. It's like I've got, I'm just ripping off masks. Yeah. I'm just like, oh God, another wave of stress yeah. going. Um, and I always go, I need 10 days. It's like, it's such yeah. a privileged position, but it's like seven days in. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm ready to rumble now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of on on the cards for me. I can't wait to travel again. I just want to expand. We were just saying before that the 5K radius is still... There's a bit of trauma there. You know, oh, it's yeah. It's like I need to- When you live in the eastern suburbs, I don't think you two would even go out there. You <laughs> didn't even know it was on, did you? Ocean, mate. Yeah, you didn't even know. You two didn't even know that <laughs> no, that was a I thing. No idea. You're like, oh, what? We have a 5K radius? Swimming race. Yeah. 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 Like, what? I, I can't do the whole Bondi to Bronte <laughs> today? That's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, really rough. No, but times are good. I think everything is is looking sweet and I, I just can't wait for uh, what's ahead and you know to be able to do this with you lads is, yeah. is a privilege. Thank you. Yeah, for me, man, we got. I'm same. Can't wait for a break. Oh my god! Um, before that stuff, end of the year, big gifting period. Have you fucking seen my face? I'm looking that hot at the moment. I'm not even joking. I smack stuff like religious, like 
I now with the shaved head too. I don't even. I just go like the whole thing from the whole thing. That's the like, point of it. It's yeah, like you just do the whole. It's thing. just everywhere. I love it. <laughs> I'm not even like I genuinely love it. And you've done an incredible. They've got the new moisturizer too. Mm. Use that today. That's why you look 15. I got something yes. for you. Too. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. No, they're the goats. So what have you got? A big. Uh, so yeah, we're end of the year big Christmas gifting time. period. So we want to like just replace the like socks and mm. jocks and just shitty. So you got some socks presents. and jocks coming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you missed the point. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I've got it. Okay, we're replacing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah, but socks are cool if you want. No, socks. yeah, they're cool. No neck on I that. love socks. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, we want to replace the socks okay. and jocks. Yeah, no one yeah, knows yeah. what to buy, man. Straight yeah, up. Yeah, that's oh. it. So we just want to be like, you know, have this. It's like moisturizer, body wash, face wash. You know, face scrub coming soon. Few more products in the pipeline, and like just to give you know men that choice. You're going, mm. you know, I can just get something actually makes a difference to boys. So stuff funds man cave. Mm. So yeah, big gifting period for us. It will sprint into the end of the year, and then some chill time. Hopefully mm. after that. Love that. Are you on stuff at the moment? You um, look like you are because you I look handsome. That. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I've just I was waiting for Hunter to bring it for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you can support so. it if you want. You I could. Like, I yeah. I got to try it. It's a sample. And That's true. Good to go. Yeah. No, couldn't recommend it more. It's an incredible product, but also high purpose, which is what we're here for. Mm. Boys, um, thank you. Really enjoyed that. Did you? <laughs> Don't be afraid. Of I love it. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. covered some territory. Yeah, sure. we did. Fuck, we, we, we were talking about high purpose. So I was yeah. like, have we had six beers right now? Like, what, where are we going? <laughs> Four we, yeah, I'm like, whoa. Show, show. I fucking love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny that like young guys now, I suppose, is mm. trying to get those conversations that you'd have with six beers, but just totally. having them all the time. Totally, man. Um, or on the revs dance floor. You know, yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, it's your own. Wherever you need it. Love it. Um, one book recommendation. Oh, give us it. Sparked, and I reckon you'd be across this mm-hmm. book, The Happiest Man on Earth. Okay. Um, I've been bought that by my mum. Eddie Jacko. Oh, dude. Yeah. Eddie Jacko just passed away. Just passed away. 101, oh, Holocaust survivor. And like oh, the golden rule is like you can't do it alone. Yeah. You know, and I think, and it's a page turner. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I need it. I've got it. I've got the hard cover. Which I don't love hard colors. No, I'm no, gonna, yeah, yeah, don't listen. Like, Mum, I still really appreciate that you got it for me, but I'm, I'm a re- I like to really bend a book. Chant it up. I really yeah. like to just treat it like yeah. just yeah. get it's into it. It's your book. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like you just have to feel bad when you <laughs> yeah. cringe it over me. You respect it. You'll love it. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll yeah. Be good. I'm an aggressive reader. Change it up. Yeah. I'm an aggressive reader. <laughs> but I will get onto that. Is it that good? It's, it's, it's a cracker. Yeah. yeah. Give us a main point out of it. Can't do this alone. Okay. There yeah. it is again. <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> second, second main point. There you go. Second main point. Yeah. Well, just, For a third just quick, or is it the- yeah. Quick cliff notes. The guy went through like multiple camps and like this beautiful story of a friendship that followed him in and out and yeah. like how do you find service, high purpose and, you know, just like like your own resilience in the most adverse of situations. And yeah, it's it's so crazy how he'll just be like, and then I didn't see my sister for four years, and yeah. then that's the next sentence. Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah. wow, man, that's that's he lived. Heaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. got through. We can get through. Well, you fucking ruined it. Now I won't read it. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. No, that's great. I really will get onto that, boys. Thank you so much again. Um, and please, if you did enjoy today's episode, make sure you donate to Movember. Join the team. Um, and yeah, donate to each of my members who have the links and, and also get some stuff because we, we love that and we love you guys. So thank you so much and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Alex. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. 
If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.